0: Wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood.
1: First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of
0: all the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The
1: bottom line is, in all my magnificent, you're going to be mine. All
0: Nice! Oh. Woo. Here's Jonathan Hood. It's Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling TWT. We're going to hear from Jason Barrett. He'll be our special guest for TWT. He is a media consultant knows about what's going on as far as professional wrestling because he's a big wrestling fan, and he is really someone we can rely on when it comes to the numbers and ratings, what we could see with the quote-unquote Wednesday Night Wars between AEW and NXT. So we'll talk to Jason coming up in just a moment. The WWE is having their SmackDown and Raw shows at Madison Square Garden. I saw Raw uh, last night. Stone Cold Steve Austin was there. And the thing I was... Wondering about with Stone Cold Steve Austin, as once again, he came unscripted, he came unpolished, and he was great. He wasn't like the usual WWE superstars, those wrestlers that read their scripts the same way, do the same things the same way, and it just becomes so bland and so vanilla. Steve Austin's there, and he's stumbling over words, and he's trying to express himself a certain way, and it was so refreshing to see something different than what you usually get from WWE wrestlers on how they have to do their promos, because they are, you don't have your own personality. You have to be able to do it the way Vince McMahon wants you to do it, so it's just kind of strange. But the thing I was wondering about with Steve Austin being at Madison Square Garden, and I have no problem with him being there, but I'm just wondering, like in 25 years from now, who are going to be the legends that will step into Madison Square Garden or whatever arena for the WWE that needs to, to help the company in 25 years? Because like, we've seen Ric Flair, we've seen Steve Austin, we've seen so many of the stars in the past come out to help. WWE. Like we've seen this, it's going to be three times now. Raw Reunion, you saw veterans and Hall of Famers. Imagine Square Garden, you saw Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, when SmackDown goes to Fox in October, I'm sure it's going to be The Rock. It's going to be Stone Cold. It's going to be some of the wrestlers from the past that will be on that program. So, as I mentioned, there's nothing wrong with using veterans, especially if you use veteran wrestlers the right way. But how many times are you going to roll out the veterans and not necessarily push your own superstars? All of these legends that are in the WWE, That's great. Those guys are from the past, though. Who got the biggest pop? Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I'm wondering, like, in 25 years, the way that the WWE is using Shawn Michaels or Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, in 25 years, are they going to roll Charlotte out there like that? Are they going to roll Roman Reigns out there like that? Or Becky Lynch or Seth Rollins? Is that the superstar for the future? Like in 25 years, you need to get a a certain storyline over when Shane McMahon's kids or Triple H's kids are running the WWE. I wonder how they're going to use those stars. Because I'll tell you right now, there's a number of wrestlers. Almost 97, 98% of that roster. Whether it's SmackDown, whether it's Raw, whether it's NXT, 98% of that roster is not over. And whatever reason, Vince McMahon has his thumb on so many terrific wrestlers in that company. I I wonder what that's going to be like. And I, I just think that the way the WWE is going right now, when you see this roster and you see a number of quality wrestlers, whether it's in the women's division or the men's division, there's so many that could be able to blossom. There's so many that could be able to really face Seth Rollins instead of just Braun Strowman or just Brock Lesnar. There's so many that deserve an opportunity because they could really showcase what they could do. Same thing when you look at Becky Lynch, there's a lot of women on that roster that just need the opportunity to go against Becky Lynch for that women's championship. Because if those are your two stars, if you're really pushing out Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch as your stars, of course, it's funny because Kofi Kingston is the WWE champion, right? So you would think that he'd be the top dog in that company, but he has the belt, but it's not over. It's almost like when CM Punk or Bray Wyatt or some of these others have held the championship but wasn't necessarily the guy. That's what's happening with Kofi Kingston right now. He's a WWE champion, but yet he's on SmackDown, and it's almost like he's mid-card status as the man, as the WWE champion. The man is Becky Lynch. That's what she calls herself. And she is on top of her game. And I think that she's starting to to really get, you know, really garner traction, I believe, uh, in the WWE and wrestling overall. But I I just, uh, I I don't know how the WWE is going to be able to grow their brand and look for must-see wrestlers. There should be 10 to 15 wrestlers. Everybody can't get over. I get that. Everybody can't be champion. But you can be able to look at your roster and say, you know what? These set of wrestlers are going to be the future of the company and we're going to push them out there. It, you can't push someone and then stop. Now, Cedric Alexander seems to be a, a name that is pushed out there that the WWE likes. Is he going to be this hot in six months? I don't know. You know it, it just, uh, it, it's interesting to watch the development of, uh, of this company because October will tell a great story. Once SmackDown goes to Fox, how different will the company be? Uh, you know it, how different will raw be I, I look forward to seeing if there's gonna be a difference there in creative overall because it is still stagnant even though some of the matches are good and some of the stories are good but it's so start and stop and the storylines are so short two-week program maybe three week program and then go to the blow off and then out it's uh it's it's good but it could be better that's how I look at the WWE uh, big news. Coming from Impact Wrestling. And we did a special podcast on this yesterday. You go in the archives and see, uh, hear my initial reaction to Anthem Sports Entertainment uh, has partnered now with Access TV and HDNet Movies. And so, what the press release says is that Anthem Sports Entertainment, to partner with Access TV founder Mark Cuban, acquires majority interest in Access TV and HDNet movie networks. Also, AEG remains an active partner with Steve Harvey. So you're looking for the owners for uh Impact Wrestling. Not only is his anthem sports out of Toronto, but also Mark Cuban and now Steve Harvey. Yes, that's Steve Harvey for Family Feud Steve Harvey. Yeah, from the Steve Harvey morning show. Uh that guy is now part of the uh investment group. And so now this is a win for Impact Wrestling. I saw on, on social media some that were saying that, well, you know, Impact Wrestling, TNA, it just won't die. It shouldn't die. It shouldn't have to die. You know, you want to have more wrestling out there and more choices. Well, however the WWE goes, however AEW goes, that's a positive for everyone else, including MLW, the NWA, and all the other companies around the country and around the world. You know, you want to be able to have strong companies in North America, with a lot of reach, and what we saw from Impact Wrestling, if you haven't heard from them in a while, it's probably because you don't have the Pursuit channel or you haven't watched them on Twitch. Now this is a perfect opportunity for Impact Wrestling to get back in the game, be on Access TV. If you don't, I have Access TV. I have Access TV on my um, Xfinity Comcast, so I see that because I've seen New Japan Pro Wrestling on there, and I know they have a women's show on there as well. I think it's Wow that's on there as well. So I've been getting access TV and watching my new Japan from access. Uh, So I I look forward to seeing where impact is going and they're going to be in town, by the way, at the and Villa park in October for bound for glory. One of their tent pole pay-per-view shows. I'll be there. Hope that you're there as well, because it should be a heck of a car to see what impact wrestling is going to bring. They haven't been in Chicago in seven years. And and just as a, a note for you, impact wrestling has not been here for seven years which is interesting uh and the last time that they were here they sold out the Sears Center in Hoffman Estates that's the last time they were here the same Sears Center that AEW's been selling out the last couple of times that they've been in Chicagoland uh, at Hoffman Estates so uh it, it's been a while but so we'll see how Impact Wrestling does but they don't have to die why should they if they still have talent and something that people want to watch it's good for them that uh, Impact Wrestling uh, will uh, be now on Access TV, the same home of New Japan. You may not get access, but there are a lot more homes. 150 million dollar, uh, 150 million households will be watching uh, Impact Wrestling, uh, and that's uh, that's a good thing. That's the reach for now for this company. Uh, one other thing before we hear from Jason Beard, who's standing by, uh, Ring of Honor attendance. If you go back into the archives of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, wherever you download your podcast, you can look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Subscribe, that way you never miss an episode of this show. Uh, I talked to Kenny King from Ring of Honor to promote Ring of Honor's show in Villa Park at the Odeum, right? It was on September 7th. I didn't get a chance to go because I was working on Saturday. And I saw a picture of the crowd or lack thereof at the Odeum. And I've seen similar pictures, uh from Ring of Honor in Baltimore and Toronto and now in Villa Park, and they're not drawing well. And as Jim Ross would say, an empty seat tells the story. Why is there an empty seat in the arena? Because of marketing, because of talent, because of creative. There's always a reason why there's empty seats. That's like a guaranteed rate field in Chicago for the White Sox. That's just like um, empty seats for the Bulls or or any other uh, entertainment venue, if there's an empty seat, there's a reason. It's because there's something that's not connecting with the audience. And that crowd looked about five or 600 people in that odium. And I know it seats, what, three, 4,000? And there were the, there was some empty seats, and there were some seats that are just not there because it wasn't necessary. Uh, Ring of Honor has got some work to do. And I understand that they are syndicated, and they have their situation from a syndicated standpoint in certain cities, but they need to have stronger reach from a television and digital standpoint, stronger reach because I saw that picture and I was like, wow, there was some people there, but not, it didn't even look like a thousand people there. So when Matt Taven is a champion in a young locker room, they need to invest in television. And if you go back and again, the archives of Tuesday wrestling Tuesday, bully Ray laid it down in a big way. Uh, on Busted Open, and we played a clip of that, if C- Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks would have been able to broker a deal with Ring of Honor, could you imagine Ring of Honor now? If they stayed at Ring of Honor and had like uh, All Elite Wrestling all you know, within that company, could you imagine where ROH our, our would be right now? Could you imagine? They would be on TNT. They would be on BR Live. Uh, but it's, um, it's not good, and hopefully it'll turn around for sure for... Uh, ROH, because that did not look good at all. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Every Tuesday at 9.30, Chicago time, we give you the best in wrestling conversation as we turn to the president of Barrett Sports Media, a huge pro wrestling fan. The sports radio consultant, Jason Barrett, is with me here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Jason, as always, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: You got it. It's a blast just being able to talk pro wrestling for once rather than talking sports media news.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, in in this conversation, I want to have you have your fan hat on and your executive hat on. So I'll ask you first to put on your fan hat because you were there in Chicagoland at AEW All Out. Uh, What did you think of the show overall here in Chicago?
1: Overall, I loved it. I thought they – Is a lot of good storytelling. What's amazing is, as a fan, to be immersed in the stories, given the fact that these guys don't have television yet, is pretty remarkable. I mean, you know, you're talking about building stories from one pay-per-view to the next with a, you know, a dedicated audience, but not, not really a big, massive audience yet. This is more wrestling for the hardcore fan. And so I thought they did a great job. I mean, like anything else, there were one or two matches there that I thought were okay or not that as exciting as the rest. It's hard to live up to every match being what the uh, Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks put on in that ladder match, which was insane. But overall, I thought they put on a really good show, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it translates to television.
0: Jason, AEW, an organic grassroots effort, uh, to build this promotion. Do you have a letter grade so far from the action that you've seen from AEW? Mostly is on, you know, on BR sports, obviously on pay-per-view as well. Any? What's your letter grade for what you've seen so far?
1: So far, I would probably give it an A minus. I think it's been excellent. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's really necessary for the business. I also think it's going to bring better content out of the WWE because I think right now, you know, you're starting to see – Just how good Cody, Kenny, the Young Bucks are as storytellers. Uh, You know, Jericho being in there is phenomenal. And the way that they've, you know, even they take a situation where his title belt gets stolen and it turns into a hilarious moment on social media. You know, he has that post reaction with a little bit of a bubbly and, you know, that turns into a T-shirt. I mean, they just are really smart at marketing and they're really good at storytelling their biggest challenge going forward is going to be having to grow the whole pie because right now they are the darlings a lot of people are looking for something new but ultimately getting from a situation where you sell 10 20,000 seats to you know 50 60,000 somewhere down the road that's a big jump
0: jason um when we look at the WWE's NXT program it's one of my favorite wrestling shows the reason why it was because it reminded me of the territory days. Of course, this would be a territory with a lot of money, but the point is is that when you had this small crowd at Full Sail University, the, the weekly episodic television, perfect for this NXT brand, and it's more professional wrestling than you'll see in the WWE. Actual wrestling, uh, in-ring, great interviews as well. You can see Triple H's um, fingerprints all over it. But now it's head-to-head against AEW, and it moves to the USA Network. So what are your expectations for NXT now in a two-hour format where it was perfect, I thought, in the one hour?
1: Well, here's the thing. Remember this. They're going to have Monday night on USA and Friday night on Fox also promoting it. Mm -hmm. So to me, like when everybody starts getting all wound up off the ratings going forward, I won't be shocked at all if NXT handily beats AEW for a while. And I say that because they just have a lot more marketing behind it. They've got, you know, social media profiles with millions of people who are going to be exposed to that content. What I worry about is the two hour format. I'm not worried about whether or not two hours is going to hurt them because I think they've got enough interesting and unique people on that show. Uh, I think that'll be fine. What I'm worried about is them starting to turn too much of that into, you know, promo drama. Uh, They start moving some guys down off the main roster who are seen as, you know, guys that you're not excited by and how they're getting main time on TV. And I just don't want to see it turn into, you know, another, the third edition of Rowan SmackDown. So, I still think they'll have some significant advantages. I love that show as well. Um, I, it's interesting when you pointed out territory days because do you remember the old TBS, you know WCW before that when uh, sure. when it was you know Georgia Championship Wrestling and all that? Like it had that really cool in studio feel and Full Sail, although different, gives it a great small feel. My uh, my only worry is that. They start trying to elevate, you know, a lot of the top guys there and turn it into a watered-down version of what you see on Monday and Friday. But until they do that, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt. And i got to assume Triple H, you know, for all that he's done the last few years, I would hope he's earned at least the right to show that he could put on a two-hour show on Wednesday night
0: so jason i need you to put on your executive hat on it was fun for you to be the fan for a little bit but now you need to put on the executive hat because you've built radio stations from the ground and made them successful so i'll ask you this so if you are um, in the WWE chair, if you're in Stanford, Connecticut, and you've been paid a reported five-year, one billion dollars for this deal on SmackDown, which is the second brand of the WWE, let's be honest, it's been the redheaded stepchild pushed to the side for many years, and now it's paid top dollar on the primetime spot on Fox. What if you are, um, if you're Fox? What's the rating that would keep you satisfied? You're against the NBA in the fall, winter, and spring. You're against Major League Baseball. Is there a number that will satisfy you and figure, hey, you know, I've got a, I've got a good rating for my dollar?
1: See, I, I don't know that it's as much about the overall rating point as much as it is about growth and people. Like, I'd be more interested in seeing three million people watch the show on a consistent basis. I think then you can monetize that they are going to network television that should produce more eyeballs on television. Um, they also have promotion coming from NFL games. I mean, if you watch the opening weekend of the NFL, you couldn't miss spots for SmackDown. So if that's not enough to entice people to check it out, then I'd be looking at the writing team going, what are you putting out that isn't working? Because, If we're promoting it across platforms where people are watching, we know we have a big audience on this channel throughout other programs. Then clearly it's a content issue. I mean, there are other things I would be doing. I like the fact that they're looking to break up the announce games. Quite frankly, I don't think the SmackDown broadcast team is very good. I think it feels like the redheaded stepchild, as you use that term, Mm -hmm. to describe their, their setup versus Raw. Um, I'd be insisting on that changing. I'd be insisting on better, you know, better involvement in writing to make it more reality-based, more uh, hard-hitting. As And some of this I've heard, you know, Fox talking about they want that, which is great to hear, because I think that will translate. But ultimately, if they can get 3 million people to watch, they should be able to make money. Now, the bigger question is going to be how do they divvy that all up on packages of you know, what do they give an advertiser who buys Sunday football and Friday night SmackDown? You know, it's it's not just about how many people buy SmackDown exclusively versus other things. In the end, are they satisfying current partners, adding new partners, and ultimately putting eyeballs on the television that they feel they wouldn't have got otherwise with anything else they would have put out there on Friday night?
0: You're listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Jonathan hood, talking to Jason Barrett from Barrett Sports Media as we talk about AEW and NXT. The big uh, Wednesday night wars, quote unquote, will take place starting in October. So if you listen to the Eric Bischoff podcast, Jason, there, you know everybody's at fault for the demise of WCW. Oh, that was Dusty's booking. Oh, that was Greg Gagne. I think that was Terry Taylor. Oh, I don't recall. Oh, it was Tony Schiavone. Oh, it was Ric Flair. There's so many different uh, people that are being pointed at for the debacle, for the demise of WCW from Eric Bischoff's standpoint. But I've got to ask you, after the WCW debacle financially and how much money that they lost at the end when WCW closed its doors, the ratings in the tank, why do you think that um, Warner Media feels the need to go back to wrestling after Time Warner really, first of all, kind of got themselves in a position to... Uh, interrupt the growth of WCW and then eventually shut it down. So why why is it the right time now for Warner Media?
1: I think uh, there's a couple of factors. One, it's a different time and age with different people. Number two, you're now looking at a world that really is showing, especially with television viewing, that it's all about live content. You know, or or in this case, like you know, if they had taped the show and put it on as long like wrestling. Still appeals in that way. People have to sh- watch the show. Just like a baseball game, a football game, there's a greater premium now on live content. Um, third, they have the initiative of trying to push Bleacher Report live. Well, to do that, you have to have some content that's going to play on that channel. So, wrestling has got a hardcore fan base. They've shown they'll pay for pay per views, you know, subscribe to $10 a month, you know, like they do with WWE Network. So that's another initiative. So I I think from that standpoint, that's what a lot of it's about. I also think, you know, having the con family involved, people with money, with contacts across other areas of business, especially in sports, gives them more confidence than the business model that obviously was there towards the end of the WCW day.
0: So, Jason, what is your best guess? What does your gut say as an executive about AEW against NXT? Knowing that we're not in the Monday Night Wars anymore, where you're, it's sixes versus sevens, or sevens versus uh, high fours and fives, as everyone was flicking back and forth between the two shows. What's your gut tell you about ratings for both of these shows?
1: My gut tells me ratings for the first year will probably go in the favor of uh, NXT. Um, I think you know what's going to be interesting, and I thought CM Punk made a great point in Chicago. I went to his session, and he, you know, and he he made this point. I thought it was dead on. He said all these guys are going to tell you, you know, you have to pick one side or the other. And he said, "BS. You can watch both." And he's right. We're in a we're in a day and age now where you could DVR one show and watch the other live. You know. I, I can tell you, I'll be watching NXT, NAEW. It's not going to be me choosing one or the other. Um, what's going to be interesting, because we're all human, we all have other things to do, like do you want to spend eight hours a week watching wrestling content? Now, if you're a hardcore fan, you probably will. But for the casual viewer, you know, the guy who has to choose, okay, you know what, maybe I don't watch Raw. Maybe I watch Monday Night Football because I know I'm still going to get Wednesday. I got an opportunity to go back and forth between two shows. Friday night, it's a little a little easier for me. I could stay up late. Weekend's coming. Like, I wonder how it's going to impact Raw, especially during the fall, when you've got extra content to view, another network channel that's now offering it in Fox. Like, that's going to be the interesting one for me. But, you know, look, Vince has always put Raw first and foremost, so I'm not ready to say that he's gonna, you know, just let that evaporate and not be great. I just think that right now, at some point, you do wonder how much, how much is too much for content.
0: Yeah, and I think that's your bottom line though about content because it's a renaissance now, Jason. It's everywhere. The NWA at the end of the month. Uh, in in the month of uh let's see September uh is going to be able to start doing uh studio wrestling out of Atlanta and like so yep. so it's the, so i mean MLW is going to have their ring first papers trying
1: to keep yeah. ring of honor is trying to keep some of their key guys you know like new japan is obviously went into the states along with A. so like it's a great time if you're a wrestling fan there are plenty of options I can tell you, Jonathan, back when I started my radio career, I used to do what you're doing now. I used to host a wrestling show This back when the Internet days. And I'll tell you something I haven't told anyone on radio before, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I broke the story, and Jericho has talked about this on his podcast. He has no idea who did it. But I broke the story of Sean Stasiak leaving WCW, going to WWE with 24 other guys in the WCW and then it literally changed all their plans for WrestleMania. And I could tell you back then when those kind of when that those days were going when WWE and WCW were battling, it was awesome. Like when I wrote that story, my my website got hit so hard I couldn't keep it online for a week <laughs> because it was pretty big. I got reamed out by the WWE office over it because they felt I just ruined WrestleMania. All I did was ask the guy a question. I had no idea he was going to spill the beans on the whole plan. But <laughs> now to see it coming back to that, because I remember how excited I used to be watching ECW, WCW, and WWE and feeling like I can't wait to get to the air. There's so much passion and energy in this right now. And then to see how it started to trail off you know, the following 10 years, it's just like, man, there is one game in town, There's nothing else worth paying attention to. And now all of a sudden you feel like you've got four great restaurants to choose from and you're just trying to decide where you want to go on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night.
0: Yeah, it is a great, you're right. It is a great time to be a wrestling fan. And uh, this is why we have decided to come back with Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday every Tuesday at 930, Jason, because there's so much to cover. It's a a ton to cover. This is why it's it's fun for me. I was doing WrestleManiacs, which was a, a wrestling show uh, right after Monday Nitro after Monday Night Raw. We'd come on at ten o'clock for two hours and draw huge ratings because at that time there was no podcast. So th- and so I'm starting it up again here in twenty nineteen because there's so much to cover and it's it's interesting. It's mostly in prime spots on television. So this is a well, I'll tell you the other thing,
1: here. and I've bit of a little bit a lot of a you know, of I can't speak for folks in Chicago, but I can speak to folks outside of Chicago. There are a lot of people who think, hey, you know, wrestling on the radio, big deal. And I always have to remind them, number one, you know, look at the ratings on those shows. Because I could tell you, like when I used to do a show, they used to, you know, like like you have in most radio stations, they tell you, yeah, who's going to listen to that? And then all of a sudden you look and you go, ratings are up 188%. What now? You know, and then they start poo-pooing it on the time slot. But the the other thing, and I've done this with, uh, with radio techs, I'll go, go onto iTunes, type in the term sports radio up in the right-hand corner. Tell me what you see on the top 50 podcasts that show up. I'll tell you what you'll see. 20 of them are going to be pro wrestling podcasts, and that's under the term sports radio. What does it tell you? People like this kind of content. They're into it, you know, and so if you're you know you're in a great market i mean chicago is awesome for for uh for pro wrestling as well as sports but in the wrestling world you're not going to have any shortage of people interested and it's only going to go up as these these companies continue to battle for viewers
0: jason as always i appreciate it hope that you come on again with us and uh talk some wrestling slash sports entertainment
1: you gotta hey man i'm always willing to talk uh Legends
0: into the squared circle. <laughs> Thank you so much. There he is, Jason Barrett, uh, with us here from Barrett Sports Media. On Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, follow us on Instagram as well as Twitter at WrestlingTWT.